So in this episode, Ryan and I discuss our initial reactions to the 2022 Nelson Nash Institute Think Tank. Thank you for listening. We enjoyed it. Hope you have fun. See you next time. Drive safe. Welcome to the Banker with Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. I'm your co-host, Ryan Griggs. And here we are in Birmingham, Alabama. This is uh, the day after the 2022 Nelson Nash Institute Think Tank. And uh, so today's the 25th. Yep. Think Tank was on the 23rd and the 24th. Of course, we flew in a day early to drink with a lot, you know, with the Canadians. And <laughs> <all our friends. laughs> so... But as we said in the last, you know, uh, episode, the previous episode, that we were going to, you know, have a conversation before we left Birmingham to kind of discuss our uh, initial reactions. And we've done some talking, of course, you know, yeah. but we saved the best for this conversation. Yeah. So. so what was your immediate first impression? And this overall? is our fabulous co-host, world famous Ryan Griggs. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, my immediate reaction was uh, so it's a different venue this year. So the hotels were separated from the uh, from the uh, actual events where all the talks were going on. And so I like change, not really, but I like that change. <laughs> <laughs> the venue was very nice. It was very Classy. very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, what I was most impressed with was the fact that there was a consistency among the talks mm-hmm. without coordination or being planned Mm -hmm. see david stearns had asked me for the title the topic what i was going to talk about you know the powerpoints uh for months prior and you know parkinson's law and i you know we had several discussions (laughs) leading up to it so the and the short of it is this that he david never seen and no one had seen uh the slides the final slides of my talk and they weren't even ready until like the day before but then what I talked about and what other, you know, practitioners spoke about was it was just very consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't identical, but we all touched on very similar points. So the consistency yeah. without coordination was very impressive to me. Yeah. What I don't like in conferences in general, I'm not talking about this one, but in conferences and business conferences or leadership conferences or professional, any of the development conferences is the hype stuff. You know, where you got to get all excited and there's the lights and it's flashing. It's very theatrical, like a performance. Right. And my favorite elements of this think tank were those moments where people went deepest. So your talk, a Canadian practitioner who we, Jason Lowe, both of, we both appeared on his and Richard Canfield's podcast, Wealth Without Bay Street. Uh, like you said, the consistency of a lot of people going and putting words from Nelson's book on the screen and reading it together. I mean, that was, that must've appeared four or five times in different people's talks. And like you said, uncoordinated. And that's what I value, right? Things that go deeper behind the, you know, it's not a, in fact, someone quoted from the introduction that uh, infinite banking is not a sales tool for life insurance agents, you know, and it, you can say that, but then to show it and experience it right. is the real value. And I'm very glad we had the think tank in person this year. We did not last year, which I did not like. Right. And that's not a secret. Uh, I'm glad that we did it in person. Of course, I understand there's all sorts of circumstances and reasons, problems with flights and can't get a venue. And so very glad that we could get a, a venue. And there was definitely some improvements with the venue and the catering. Uh, and then the, the first thing I remember that caught my attention was how many new people there were. Oh yeah. 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 I think it was David at one point who asked, you know, you know, new people raise your hand and a whole, I was standing up at the back of the room cause I got back problems and at the back of the room, a whole bunch of people raised their hand. That was cool. That was a, uh, very good to see for me as well. I think, I, I don't know. I was. I had to, you know, turn and look. And you can't see everyone in the room. Yeah, yeah. Look like. I didn't have the advantage of being in the back of the room because, you know, the best students sit up front. So I was closer to the front. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought there were like maybe 15 or 20 new. Is that about? I think there were maybe 40 or more. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. 
And I, I don't know that maybe I don't know the the head count, but 140 to 180 people. In yeah, there, and think? people don't get this either. They think, well, first of all, all life insurance agents who talk about banking are all the same. Oh. Wait, 140 to 180. Let's say who knows what the exact number is. Out of a country of 330 million, okay, it's not like a whole bunch of people are coming to learn about Nelson and get deeper into becoming your own banker and to get encouraged and refreshed in that message, which you have to do, right? And probably the biggest personal takeaway for me was just this constant thing in my mind, like, oh, I have to pay more premium. Like I need to, I should be doing, and I do a lot and I should do more. And, and I, and we're not to say we're the greatest in the world or whatever, but you know, we're kind of deep in this, been doing this for a long time. And to say, so that even, you know, we're coming away with refreshing, new, added, emphasized lessons to think that somebody who is doing a click funnel online is going to have that same, the same sort of perspective that you would want to truly implement IBC is a joke. It can't happen. Yeah. I mean, we can all go buy life insurance, right? I mean, we can call it IBC. We can talk about IBC. And we can throw Nelson's name around on a very low key and talk about becoming your own bank, becoming your own banker, bank, any kind of a bastardization or variation and sell life insurance, right? From an illustration, numbers on a page. And, you know, I, I uh, so that is very easy to do. Mm-hmm. Buying life insurance, getting people to say yes by, you know, manipulating the numbers on a page. That is not banking. And so my talk was titled, the seen and the unseen. Frederick Bastiat, that was just seen, that was just unseen, 1850 France, philosopher, economist. Nelson wrote an essay in his second book, Building a Warehouse of Well, The Seen and the Unseen. So, you know, very little originality for me. I get it. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you can't, the consumer doesn't necessarily see it. It's very hard to see what goes on behind the numbers on a page, right? But it's easy to buy life insurance if you're healthy and can write a check for the premium. Right. That is not banking. Just because you can borrow against an asset, oh wait, and all life insurance has a loan provision if you have capital, cash values. So that excludes term. And so uh, just because you can borrow against cash value doesn't mean you're banking. Yeah. Just because you buy life insurance doesn't mean you're banking at all. So, and in your talk, you, which was well received, many laugh lines throughout, people enjoyed it. Uh, that was funny, really? People laughed like every five minutes. And for a good, not like a good reason, but uh, you showed many of the online social media quotes that we know you see out there <laughs> right. in the private Facebook groups. You know the ones we're talking about. And you showed. These on the and it's then deconstructed them a bit. Some of them are so obtuse and obscene and stupid that you don't have to deconstruct them. It's just obviously Prime, you know, on his face. Yeah, lo- loan repayments cause cash value to grow. Uh, oh no, it was borrowing. They, they didn't mention loan. Oh, it just was just borrowing. because you have a loan outstanding. That's going to make the cash value grow. Huh? Yeah, your policy is more efficient. <laughs> Yeah. And then, you know, you have to break even in your four to six. Otherwise, you're not doing it right. Of course, these people don't come. They're not anywhere here. Wonder why? Hmm. 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 Well, and, and, you know, if you're going to bring that up, you know, I'm going to. And, and so well, the viewers you hear see. it. No, I know. And it's not like we're ignorant. It's not like you. This is like a secret thing. I know it's a private Facebook group and there's more than one. I get it. And you think that it's all, oh, you know, it's clandestine and nobody knows about it. We see all of it. It's not like we're not aware of it. And we've done a thing in the past that didn't go up because we spent too much time. But, you know, it it was a portion of your talk. It's relevant here. uh, And it's a contrast to what the rest of the conference was about, you know, in the book, in Becoming Your Own Banker. That's the only reason I bring it up. No, no, it's good. I mean, but since we bring it up, you bring it up, Uh, you know, that my talk the seen and the unseen was about social media, what the prospective client, the general public will see and be exposed to. And, and it's all part of the noise, right? Um, but they're licensed, maybe they're licensed life, and they present themselves as licensed life insurance agents. And it's so difficult to get a life insurance license. Yeah, it's like just about that much harder 
than getting a driver's license. No, I'm kidding. It's harder to get a driver's license. You have to operate machinery to get a driver's yeah, right. license. <laughs> Good. Okay. And, and so the, just the, you know, it's, it, and that's why I brought it up, you know, because you see this, we see this, um, and, and just on its own appearance, it, it is wrong and it should be easily uh, identifiable as wrong. But beyond that, what you don't see, what happens, you know, the mindset, what 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 is, what is the most likely activity? Because I was thinking of naming that talk, you know, out of Egypt and on to Babylon, mm-hmm. from slavery to slavery. You know, we're born in the debt slave construct. You know, we get exposed to the infinite banking concept. Oh my gosh, we can become our own banker. What financial freedom and liberty that is? You cannot have financial liberty without freedom, right? So, uh, and then I'm like, nah. you know, it, it, uh, let me say to another topic or title was, uh, well, let me, let, let me back up on that. Out of Egypt, on the Babylon, slavery to slavery, debt construct, debt slave. Then we get exposed to the idea of the infinite banking concept. And then it's so exciting. So we want to learn. I, I believe people want the truth. And then they stumble on this, is, it, and this quote unquote noise. That's exactly what it is. I mean, that creates more slavery, Yes. That's my whole point. Yeah. It does not create freedom. It yeah. creates disappointment. There's always more dependence. Yes. Yeah. You know, you're going to rely on the life insurance company's non-guaranteed elements and their contracts that are very restrictive on, on the flexibility of the PUA. Um, and then let's make it as complex as we possibly can. And that'll add nothing but fragility into the future. These are the exact things that I've talked about. Yeah. Um, and so. we, had, we had, so five life insurance companies sponsored and came as well by the way the big four it's nowhere to be seen (laughs) wonder why yeah Yeah, the big four here plus that other one you know because because when you say the big four you know you're leaving out one Mm -hmm. you're leaving out the second oldest life insurance company in north america and so always you know say what about the big five so and so there was part of the conference was a moderated panel with the representatives of these companies and the question came up you know, this 1090 thing, this is just the 1090 structure thing is just one of the element that you see on the forums with the guys who don't come to the think tanks who, you know, uh, one of your comments was how they referred to Nelson. You know, oh, I'm glad Nelson, you brought this to light. But in this one example, you know, policy, the way policy loans work is so archaic. And then the, the commercial banks, the conventional banks make it so much easier. <laughs> that, that was on a different platform because I didn't just, you know, bring up the the uh, the almost idiotic statements from that one private Facebook and and you know look they they that private Facebook was created as a hater page because we and I promote uh, noise and confusion yeah. or something like that and look let's be clear we know the two guys who did it <clears throat> I know who they are yeah I've you know I have certain I'll speak for myself have certainly interacted with both. Uh, yeah. They, well, let's one expand was, on that. Oh, so one was fired because he wanted to do the, you know, the miles long emails where he's going to teach me everything there is to know about a, IBC and life insurance because he's a, he's a sales executive yeah. for some uh, or an executive at some corporation. So, so, and then this happens often with skilled professionals who have done well, who think they know something about finance, so they're going to teach other, other people. Yeah. And then sure. you get you start to get down to the gritty on stru- the, like the nitty gritty on structures and company, and it's like, well, no and no and no, and and then he and so he wanted to tell me what the right thing to do was, and it's like, okay, you go do that, you go do your thing, right? Now he could have just gone and done that, and there would have been nothing to come from it after. But clearly his feelings were hurt because he got to go start a group yeah, yeah. to continue to bitch and complain. Yeah, so that's that one was- of them. And then there's another one who was around when I first got into the business who, and it we, is a very much a recruiting vibe. Look at all my spreadsheets, all these. And you said in the, in your talk that, and it's true. And Nelson said it, that if he could write the book again, he wouldn't have put illustrations in it. And so while Nelson, who is the founder and creator of IBC in becoming your own banker is saying, wouldn't have done illustrations again. 
In contrast to that, you get the, the keyboard warriors online who are creating legions of spreadsheets and they're going to model all of the same, none of which is using any of the actual life insurance company software. And so it, you already know it's not going to be what appears on the little spreadsheet calculation, not going to bear any resemblance to reality, but it's just spreadsheet and spreadsheet. And, and eventually I get exhausted and you do. If you, it's like being in a swamp. If you swim around in mud all day, you're eventually going to get tired. And so it's time to exit the noise at some point. And so, at, and so I said, look, I'm not interested. We're not doing, no, certainly none of this uh, recruiting, partnership, any kind of, no. And that could have just stayed there. But clearly feelings got hurt. So we've got to go and do a whole uh, Facebook thing. Uh, Show we, the world how the infinite banking concept yeah. really is. So, I mean, we, I, I see it. We get it. And that, you know, go do all that. And the, the reason, the fundamental reason I want to bring all this up is that if you want that, go have it. All I'm saying is that there is a distinction between going and buying life insurance, paying minimal lip service to Nelson, uh, trading illustrations, to, you know, becoming overnight amateur life insurance illustration expert uh, analysts, and doing the infinite banking concept. Yeah. And your talk made that distinction. Another, Jason, again, I'll mention his talk. He was very forceful about it. I was even kind of surprised that, you know, Jason was a very fun. And he was fun. It wasn't like a, you know, a shake your fist kind of talk, but he was very direct and said, this is not, just like Nelson said, and I'm sure it kind of, you know, shocks people. He's like, this is not about life insurance. This is about taking control of the banking function for you and your family and then generations of your family that you'll never meet. And got very transparent in his personal, in his personal system, number of policies, premiums paid, loan repayments, what he financed, you know, that's IBC. That's what Nelson Nash was teaching. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know, the uh, the feelings backing up, you know, the feelings were hurt because before uh, you received that big, long, ridiculous email that will wear you out just looking at it, much less <laughs> reading it and have having someone telling you what is right and what you should do and what they think and which is not right. But they want you to acquiesce and encourage them. In their continuation, yes. seeking of their validation. Exactly. They had uh, not the, and then the other gentleman that has a commentary that, that tries to recruit, he's very, very prolific answering the questions like he's an expert, you know, uh, completely wrong, 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 wrong. Um, before that guy reached out to you, and then the other moderator, administrator, they both tried to come into our process, right? The big long one. I forewarned you. You did. I did. And, and and I have, uh, I love, I have a special place in my heart for life insurance agents. And there's a really special place in my heart for NNI practitioners. But for the agent, financial expert, guru that knows everything, I have zero tolerance, tolerance for. I can't take it. I don't have the time. I don't want to get wore out. If I want to get wore out, I'll go work out at the gym. You know, it's <laughs> like, I'm not being, I will not allow myself to be drugged through a bunch of noise you know uh not and i don't have the arrival syndrome i came here to learn and and share right uh, so then i think i hurt the other guy's feelings because he was you know saying this 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 and this and and you and this no 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 and no so and they say on there that they started that facebook page because of that and then you know people see that um and so I think it was relevant, but it's across social media. They didn't even talk about TikTok and all of these others, right? You know, and it's it's prevalent out there. Um, but you know, how much time do you want to spend on the noise? Right? I already spend more than I want to, right? Um, and so I believe that there should be a distinction, and there actually is a distinction between Nelson Nash Institute practitioners and these guys selling life insurance. Cursory using Nelson's name, IBC, but then, you know, uh, it's almost, do, it is exactly doing the opposite. So, um, and there were other, going back to the, to the reality, you know, David Stearns, his talk was titled The Tale of Two Dads. You know, his biological father, what he did, 
He was in his 90s when he graduated, had clear mental you know, capabilities, um, and he had done everything that the traditional, typical, really traditional financial planning says. Qualified plans, you get a pension, he had a military background, he was an educator, um, and did well. You know, there's no question about that. He did well. And then he compared that to Nelson, you know, his father-in-law, the tale of two dads, talking about getting real. And then yeah. he goes to what Nelson did, military background, had the military pension, had the pension from the life insurance industry. Um, and then, you know, the policies that he purchased, how many, and then how many he gave away, and just a stark difference. Now, David had to wrap up his father's estate. Yes. Okay. And he had... There, I think he had three other siblings. He's handling all that. And on the qualified plans and the annuities, and I'm not disparaging any equities or any kind of a financial product. I think that financial products are tools and they each have a place. Um, but, you know, each job has a particular tool. You can give a, a, a hired hand a tool and he'll, not only not get the job done, but he's subject to break the tool. You give a craftsman the tool, he'll get the job done and take care of the tool and get it done under the timeline, under the budget. My yeah. opinion. Yeah. Okay. That was beautiful. So David, you know, he committed, we'll see, to fly out to uh, Alvarado, Texas and do a live oh, good. Uh, podcast on that tale of two dads. That was very real, very very, very well done. And they were all very well done. Yeah. But There were some other elements of that that, you know, I think it's like, I think some people get the idea that we're talking about a distinction between what it is to do IBC and what it is to just go buy life insurance. And there's this perception, at least at first for a lot of people, that there's not a fundamental difference. Whereas in the throughout the think tank, there were many examples of what that difference is. So uh, Brandon and Nate with Unlimited Life Concepts, who are other practitioners who I like. I don't know if you got the, talk, the chance to I talk to them much. I did get to talk to them out. But I like them very much. And, um, you know, they emphasize the importance of a relationship. And it's not a relationship in the sense of wanting to maintain like some like a sales strategy. It's to implement this over time. Nelson said that IBC requires a system of policies. There are points where you expand. And, and by the way, I will say that I have disagreements with other practitioners. We can disagree about when that expansion should occur and therefore what the structure of policies should be. But that's beside the point. We can talk about that, right? It, at the end of the day, we're all coming back to Nelson. We're all coming back to the idea of creating a system of policies. And what I liked so there's Brandon and Nate talking about the importance of those relationships. Then there was yours where you gave examples of certain cases where you've got grandparents, parents, and grandkids and the number of policies and when they go in force and how all that funding works like that. That is a, not like Nelson said, think long range. That is a long-term oriented multi-year strategic implementation over time. You know, and I have, it felt and, and have, this is now going on with many of my clients. They, they had their first policy a year, two, three years back. They're coming back for the next one because the circumstances have developed. The income has gone up. The expenses have gone down. The cash is stacking up in somebody else's bank. It's time to create a new one. On whose life should that policy be? What are the implications of the human life value? How, uh, how long-term oriented are we going to be in, the, in terms of the ability to pay premium payment? Right. That is an ongoing conversation. The idea that I'm going to go implement IBC by buying a policy from one advisor at one time is the exact opposite of what we're talking about with true Nelson Nash style infinite banking concept implementation. You know, <clears throat> I completely agree. And in, in some of the previous podcast episodes that we've done, <clears throat> you know, we, we haven't necessarily gone deep into that. So just because we talk about a properly structured policy, the contractual right to pay a premium into the future, so not artificially designed where you force a client to buy a new policy in year four, year seven, or year five. No, when you build the correct foundation, you can build anything on top of that. So if you have a weak foundation, it, it's not going to go well for whatever structure you put on it. Mm -hmm. So. It's a natural expansion. I'm telling you, the expansion of the infinite banking concept, the expansion of your system 
It is a natural occurrence. It happens naturally. And if you build the correct foundation, what do you mean, James? I'm talking about a policy or a series of policies initially that uh, are made for you with what you're doing now, where you think you want to go, and the future is absolutely unknown. And, it, and if there's a, it's a business owner or an individual and there's a spouse or there's not a spouse, there's children or not children, all of those are different. Not You should never have an identical policy to anyone else unless you have an identical twin. And so my point is this. You lay the correct foundation, whether it's one policy or five, whatever it is, that you have the contractual right not the obligation, but the contractual right to pay a premium for a long period of time and not squeeze the base down to some ungodly amount when you're squeezing down the only guaranteed component of the cash value. I mean, it's, it's just best backwards from what Nelson did. And so we talk about properly structured policies. And I know that term is thrown around out there uh, a lot but you have the right to pay a premium. And most of us start, there's really only one or two ways. We are gonna dip our toes in because we're really not sure. Or it's like, I'm all in, you know, and you kinda, kinda gotta bring them down a little bit, <laughs> right? But you still build it where it can be scalable correctly for them. And it's a beautiful thing when it happens naturally and it always happens. You know, when you solve your need for finance, you're going to ask, even after 7702, because 7702 requires less death benefit now, but even in light of 7702, when you solve for your need for finance, you're going to ask for so much death benefit that you can't get it past the underwriter. And it's just, it's the way it is. You know, yeah. Nelson, you know, over 40, 45 policies, gave them, gave them away, first one at 13. I mean... Of course, he's 13. You know, he's 14 when his daddy gives it to him, he makes him pay for it. But then he buys another one and he keeps buying them. You know, he, he, he didn't like, oh, this one policy is going to do me well forever. Right. Even though it was correct, no PUAs, straight, whole lot, all based policy with a legitimate mutual company that's paid legitimate dividends for mm -hmm. over 100 years. Um, why do you keep buying them? Because they were structured improperly and he was forced to? No, but he kept solving for his need for finance. Yes. And that is infinite banking. That is infinite banking. It is. Yeah. And then the opposite of that, when you go and do the short-sighted kind of deal, and then the agent doesn't answer the phone and doesn't answer the emails, then you'll come to us, which is what happens. We answer the phone. And then we have to go do what we can to salvage what's been done. Which then, doesn't mean a 1035 exchange necessarily. Salvage it doesn't mean you have to, you know. It, just implement a plan. That looks different for every case. To keep it alive. <laughs> to, not, to make sure you're not going to hurt yourself with it. And make sure it serves you well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then shave off all the stuff that you haven't yet unlearned. And then do the education to understand what the proper foundation is. And then start from there. Yeah. And I think the statement that you say in the past that if you don't have time to do it, what's the, what is it? If you don't have you don't time have to, time to do it right the first time, you sure as hell don't have time to do it over. Yeah. So might as well as get it right the first time. Might as maybe. well. Maybe. But um, we're human. If you made a mistake, it's okay. We still love you. Yeah. We can, we can fix it or it can be corrected. It, you know, it's not the end of the world. And that's a, a theme that I think is under uh, not emphasized sufficiently is the idea that we are all catching up. Like our, if we were having a conversation with an agent just after the think tank wrapped up and she was talking about how, you know, she needed to pay more premium and, uh, and uh, look, I get it. So do I. And, but she was, I, I thought, and she may not feel this way, but that, that she was kind of being down on herself and like being a little hard on herself. It's like, look, we're all catching up. Like our parents, parents, parents should have been doing this. Like we all should be way ahead. We all need to be paying more. Uh, but it's always a process. It's another implication of the idea that IBC is a process, not a product. It's a, and it's tied in with the arrival syndrome. We're not, we're not just going to do a one-off and get it all done right away. There's a process of ongoing learning that has to happen. And like I said earlier on, one of the big examples of that for me was like, I need to go pay more. And, and, then, and then, then there's a tendency for me to get hard on myself. It's like, well, no, I mean, I just got one less than a year ago. <laughs> you know, it's like, and there was a one like, less than a year before that. But 
we're all, my point is we're all catching up. And that's just no part question. of the ongoing process, but it is a process. And so if there's a, a product sale where like you had mentioned in your talk, like get the illustration in front of the client fast as possible so they can hit it, you know, sign the application, take delivery. And then you fly off into the night and you never heard from again. And then you, the client find out that you can't pay that premium for as long as you thought you could, that there, there's no flexibility around when you can pay the premium. And that, well, what's it look like when you're going to go expand? Like, what's the right time? When's that? And you have all these other questions, but look, you already signed for delivery of the policy. So the commission's already been paid. Right? So those questions aren't going to get answered. Right? <laughs> that is the outcome of, that is the unseen part of, part it. of the unseen yeah. that results from that short-term oriented cash value as a percentage of premium in year one kind of mindset. And then the people who promote that are like, you know, oh, well, you're paying a higher base. That's all they look at is the ratio between the base and the PUA. Yeah. And then they assert that that's wrong. And assert that you're doing that for commissions. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's really another case of uh, grace for me, law for you. And uh, look, if I'm going to judge you by my character, yeah, that's what they do. If we wanted to make commissions, I'd be selling IUL. Or I'd go get a securities license and go do pension products with tax qualified plans with people. If you think I'm chasing commissions, you got another thing coming. There's a lot of <laughs> opportunity to make money in the Wall Street financial world that you must, in my opinion, you must forego. There, there are other people who disagree, and I'm not saying that having a securities license is always a bad thing, but there are other people in the IBC world who do part of that business, and it's all for various reasons. Don't get me wrong, I'm not slighting that. But what I am saying is that IBC is just categorically different. And the, to say that, oh, we're going to do IBC and not do, you know, and do what Nelson taught because of commissions ignores the fact that really, if we wanted to just go out and harvest commissions all day from people, we got to be <laughs> selling mortgages or I'd be selling tax qualified plans or IUL, right? <laughs> but I'm after a commission. <coughs> when I go out to, this happened twice. I went to a, 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 a bar <laughs> and- No, you look. They drink. Look, it's, Canadian, it's all time. of them. It's I don't want to beat up the Canadians. <laughs> we have a moment to convene with people. After don't a see year, for a long catching time. up. You know, it's like and it so, happens. So I go sit down and always, and I'm wearing a suit, and so uh, it's so. Well, what do you do? Oh God. Okay, IBC. It's capitalization. It's not investment. It's becoming your own banker. It's Nelson Nash. Should have said, is, look, I'm drinking. That's what I do. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is not an easy conversation. In fact, none of them go anywhere. And so the idea, the idea that I'm just in it for the commission, but I put myself voluntarily in this position where I'm gonna tell somebody something that I know they're not gonna get is silly. You're Look, being you, silly. You took that big long email after I told you. I was young and naive. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a process. If you wanna have a conversation, you know, by all means, don't talk about life. And if you don't want to have a conversation, they ask, what do you do? Because I sell life insurance. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Massive yeah. premiums and dividend-paying whole life insurance. As they're walking away to the furthest <laughs> point in the room. The exit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, perfect. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. So. But that's why we do the podcast. And, to, and that's why I write. Oh, uh, that's, that's why, why I didn't have anything to do on Saturdays is why we did the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Come on. But so there's all this other work that has to be done to provide a platform, to provide the information that people who do read Nelson's book, who have encountered IBC, who want to learn about it the correct way, who want to learn about how to implement the correct way at a specific time and place, you know, right now, you know, not year 2000 when the book was written and oh my gosh, look at the illustrations and the cash on cash years earlier. And, you know, that's, there's a set of information, a foundation that's got to be elaborated upon and reinforced to take someone who has read infinite banking, who's read Becoming Your Own Banker, who's caught the infinite banking concept and who wants to implement it. And so that's the job. That, and that's, by the way, the motivation. That is the, the, the reason. Not, oh, I'm going to make a certain commission on... You know, it takes the life insurance company so dang long to, to accept an application and deliver a policy and accept a premium check for the commission to finally come in. It's like, it's a, there's, you know, the uh, and I completely agree. Uh, we all I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 21 years old or you're 75 years old. When you hear the idea when you're exposed to this idea that you can become your own banker, 
and you want to implement that wherever you're at uh, in your life, right, financially and age-wise, uh, it is catch up from then on, period. Yeah. It does not matter how old you are. You know, and I got to say that, that um, you know, I talked about the social media and I talked about illustrations and, uh, you know, generally on a 30,000-foot view, uh, reference what Nelson wrote about on the um, illustrations and the thinking, right? Because that social media noise and all the noise um, really gets, you can get right to the thinking. You can identify the thinking and the errors thereof just immediately. Um, but then, you know, I'm a positive guy, right? I don't want to live in a world of negativity. And that's not negative. It is what it is. And my encouragement is just to be aware of the noise, be able to identify the noise. Well, that's on you. I mean, you, the listener, the viewer, need to spend the time learning about the infinite banking concept from the source, becoming your own banker, the book, becoming your own banker. Second book, building your warehouse of wealth. A third book, how privatized banking really works. You know, I'm partial to the Banking with Live DVD. It's a 30,000 foot overview of kind of what's gone on. Um, and then Nelson's six and a half hour DVD series where he is live presenting his seminar. If you don't thoroughly understand those, and I'm not saying you have to be an expert level to be able to convey and teach it, but you, at least a fundamental, more than a rudimentary understanding of the infinite banking concept, okay? You have to, in my opinion, you need to know that. You need to know those three books. You need to listen and watch the uh, six and a half hour DVD series. Two, be able to even speak about the infinite banking concept with any intelligence uh, or any understanding. You know, and I'm being encouraging. I'm telling you, if you'll spend time on those, you will be able to identify the noise in short order. And before you make a purchase, before you implement this, you should at least be exposed to those items. And if you are, like I said, you'll be able to identify the noise. You'll be able to speak with a practitioner who understands, right? Because they've done all these things, right? Uh, the people doing the noise and anything but infinite banking, they don't want to read these things. They don't want to read these things. They don't want to do these things for whatever reason, right? And that uh, in and of itself should discount them, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I just find that it, it almost feels like that online short-sighted stuff is just a, they're, ha they're having a totally different conversation. Like yeah. the, the letters I, B, and C appear together. I get that. I understand they're using the same words, but it's a, it's a whole different conversation. If you want to talk about how to mutilate a life insurance policy, if you want to talk about how to maximize cash value in year one, okay, that is what that is. It is not infinite banking. It is not having a long-range conversation where we assume and understand that you're not afraid to capitalize, where we're thinking 70 years ahead like Nelson did, when we're thinking in, term, in, in intergenerational terms, when we're thinking in terms of how what, what is my true ability to pay premium? Well, how much money do you deposit in a bank account each year? You know? Now we're, now, now, oh, now we're really having a conversation now. To now okay, then I understand we got to walk that back a bit, especially when you start. You needs under you have urgent, immediate liquidity needs. I get it, but that's the true conversation. And then it's well, if paying premium is good now, and it is, then it wouldn't paying premium in the future be also good? Oh and, no, no, no! I want to end my ability to pay a premium as soon as possible. Doesn't even make sense. <sighs> And it's just, I think one of the reasons it gets me fired up is you fired up, like, especially you knew Nelson for so long, like 15 years, like it is personal. And then to see someone uh, using that language in a disingenuous fashion to smuggle in what they think is right, it is frustrating. It it's is insulting. It is irritating. And it doesn't work out for the client in the way that they think it does because they've encountered becoming your own banker they've encountered nelson and then their experience is going to diverge from what nelson's talking about and what we're talking about and then of course you're going to get frustrated so i'm frustrated that other people are frustrated <laughs> on top of the on top of the personal insult you know 
but we're in it for a commission. It's like, what? I you mean, know, I was, uh, and you mentioned the three generations. I brought up like three different cases of three different generations, three different time periods, all of, all of the policies, the total count of the policies on the total number of lives, on the total number of uh, generations, and without disclosing any information. And then I brought up uh, four or five other cases for reference, you know, what these people have done. And, and kind of the thinking from beginning when we first met to where they're at now, and then timelines were between maybe 12 and 18 months to 13 years, right? And my point here is that another thing, along with natural expansion, you know, the more you uh, see, you know, the more you see you don't know. I'm just saying there's a continual uh, learning curve that we're all on and we all should be on and it should last our whole lives, but specifically to the infinite banking concept, you know, we're at the front end of, you know, when we get exposed to this idea and the learning continues, okay? Um, and to that point, you know, I, none of these policies that we built, I, I can even tell you what the ratios are in, in, the, in the cases because they're all different mm -hmm. specific to the, the client. Um, but to a person, without doing these artificially twisted, I call them, it's, it's an artificial efficiency is what you're that doing. That was very good. You're making the, the look, the policy look efficient in the early years. And Nelson, and it's true, is why, not just because Nelson said it, Nelson said it because it's true. The policies become more efficient over time. So the most efficient policy that you'll ever own is the oldest one that you own. Okay? All right. Um, so much follows from that. It, it, no question. And so to a person, you know, we've uh, become exposed, we've learned, we've implemented, we've gone through the illustration review, and we see all the numbers, and we understand that they'll go up and down, and based on what, what you can do, what you can't do, what the goal is, you know, in the face of an unknown future. To a person, to a person, in a year, two years, they're like, is that what I can <laughs> borrow against? Is that my loan value? Is that my cash value? And they're shocked yeah. to a person. Even though you told them what the cash value growth would be given the premium. And you didn't contort the policy to make everything happen in day one. You know, The same thing happened to me. Pay a premium. You always think the cash value is some number. You go in, look at what it is. It's higher. I mean, I'm not saying it's always going to happen that way. It's been that way for me ever since I started. That's what happens when you use the right company and the right structure. And then it's going to be bigger later. It's going to be bigger the next year. It's going to be bigger the year after that. I don't care what's happening in Ukraine. I don't care what the Fed's doing or what taxes are. And the numbers will be bigger by a bigger margin the following year and the year after that. And I've got the ability to pay that big premium for a long time. Ah. Yeah. Speaking of Ukraine, you know, the same thing's going on in Ukraine that's going on in Canada, draconian governments. Yeah. The people want to free themselves. God bless them. I have a Canadian pin on one of my Canadian counterparts from Quebec. You know, he's like, I love him, Jose. He's a great guy. Yeah. I'm like, man, he's I love cool. the pin. When you get home, would you send me one? You know, he's like, no, oh, no, here, take this one. No, no, no. So, Aww. you know, in solidarity with my Canadians. Yeah. You know, so. And then another element of uh, the noise that I don't think has been identified enough, Jason referenced it very briefly, is this idea that I've got to, well, no, you talked about it too, is that I've got to pay a premium to build a whole bunch of cash value to then immediately go and take a loan to go do something because I'm, if I don't take a loan, I'm not really using the system. And if I'm not using it, then I'm not optimizing it. It could be better. Whereas Nelson says, in becoming your own banker and in building your warehouse of wealth, that if you take control of the banking function, if you pay a high premium and build cash value, that rather than you having to go find the opportunities, the opportunities will track you down. And so this idea that I've got, and I don't think people notice it, but they're like, okay, I've paid. And, but curiously, when I, very curiously, the people who have raised this question with me, uh, I go and I look at their contract and lo and behold, they haven't paid the full PUA. And I'm like, hmm, hmm, that's okay. We're all improving. But 
the, the, it's okay to pay a premium to build cash value and to just keep doing that. First of all, there's plenty going on in your own life to start taking over. I mean, the subject of the mortgage came up, right? The, the people that you, you talked about, the people who want you to pay a high cash value, get a HELOC, transfer, get rid of the mortgage. Whereas Nelson says in Becoming Your Own Banker that that's going to take, what, 20 years to establish a system large enough to take over that kind of, okay, now if you want to you know, be hyperactive and do it sooner, okay, but that, understand Nelson is saying that, again, this is a process. We're not going to immediately be able to secede day one from the whole banking system. It's going to take time to pay enough premium, to build enough cash value, to totally opt out of the whole system. <laughs> And so this idea that I've got to go suck all the equity out of the, the place where my family lives to go pay a higher premium right now, or that I've got to go you know, buy cryptocurrency, you want to buy cryptocurrency, fine, but the idea that you have to go you know, pay a whole bunch of premium to build cash value to go do that right away, otherwise you're not making the best of it, is missing the point. Because the opportunities will track you down. <clears throat> you know, I tell people, because it's true, um, or it's a, it, a good point to consider is paying off the mortgage more powerful than having the ability to pay off the mortgage. Oh man! Okay. So, and, and then if you're a business, maybe you owner, should say that one more time. All right. Which one is more powerful, paying off the mortgage or having the ability to pay off the mortgage? All right. So the banker can do whatever they want. He who has gold makes the rules. And if we're gonna leverage up everything, all right, because nothing ever goes wrong. Never problem until there's a problem. Get all leveraged up with your $30 million in assets collateralizing a 15 or $20 million loan. What could possibly go wrong there? All right, yeah, that's just an example. So maybe maintaining the ability to control the leverage is a better starting point than contorting policies and leveraging everything I have to collateralize a policy, to leverage that policy to the nth degree. I'm just saying. Yeah. Right. And okay, and I've said it before, and I get accused of it sometimes for being too conservative. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so let's say we start too small. Okay. Proper foundation. There's a natural expansion. And if you're working with a practitioner with their salt, that's part of the solution, whether you actually expand or not. Okay? So if I start too small, and the idea is, you know, you have the ability to expand, whether you do it or not, but you started too small. And a year or two later, it's obvious that you started too small. Man, expansion is not a problem. There you go. Man. And I didn't have to beat them up with illustrations and accusations yeah. and any windows. <laughs> take 50000 or take 90000 of your $61,000 income to go pay a premium in the first year. It's curious how in a lot of these examples that float around online, mm -hmm. the premium, the total premium paid in the policy is like a giant percentage of income in year one. Whereas I know for both of our experience, there are many times you got to talk someone down. Yes. Like, you know, it's okay to, it's a process. It's okay to proceed into this. There will be an expansion. There will come a time. And what really does it for me is that I, you know, the idea of making the bank deposits. It's like, well, and, and that just sinks deeper and deeper into my mind as my understanding goes on. And there comes a time where it's like, okay, yeah, well, that, that, that is the right premium number that I need to go get. Now, I think it was happening with the other <laughs> practitioner we were talking about at the end of the seminar, that or the, at the end of the think tank, where she's like, this is the right number. Oh, yeah. Look, look, look at what I just did. I did all these renovations and bought property and should, it should have been a loan. You know, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Very humbling when they, when someone like that says, James, will you look at my stuff and help me? Oh, by the way, so we're this far in there, we should brag. There, were, I had five to seven come up and ask why I wasn't talking. That was very nice. A legitimate question. 
You'll be on the stage next year. Yeah. Well, it's fine. And then I had a lot of, I need to make more videos. That's the problem. Uh, and then there's a lot of, I couldn't, I lost count of the number of agents who say they watch the show. They've learned so much. I had a couple who said they're at the think tank because of the podcast. They're pursuing becoming a practitioner because of what they've learned. That was it. People who have read my writing, one guy in particular in California, I'm thinking of, he had read my writing on capital and, and, and on, in particular on cash value and what cash value is and why the death benefit matters. Oh, I don't care about death benefit. Yeah. Okay. Don't care about it. The implication of not caring about death benefit is that you don't care about cash value. Because a cash value is derived from, it's a function of the death benefit. It's a net present value of the death benefit. You got to wrap your mind around that and understand that to be true to even care about the death benefit. Yeah. I'm just saying, you, you know, you walk it backwards, you can go ahead and repeat that again, if you don't mind. So the cash value is a function of, it's derived from the death benefit. The cash value is the net present value of the death benefit. It's what the death benefit is worth today. And by the way, I hear this a lot too, because and it's back to language, you know, and we're talking about taking money from the cash value, and that's not what you do. You don't take money from the cash value. And sometimes we say that uh, the collateral on a policy loan is the cash value. And I thought that through a lot. And I don't think that's true. The, the collateral on the loan is the death benefit. If you don't repay the policy loan, it's the death benefit that will pay down that balance, right? The cash value tells you what the death benefit is worth today. That's why people think that, or we use the shorthand where we say cash value is the collateral. Well, the meaning behind that is that the cash value is what the death benefit is worth today. So what we're really saying is that the collateral on the loan is what the death benefit is worth today. It's all tied back to the death benefit. The reason we can take a loan, the reason we can take the loan on such phenomenal terms where we control it and there's no application, there's no repayments and you don't have to repay it, you should, but it, you control it. The reason the interest is simple and only compounds annually instead of monthly like HELOCs and like cash value lines of credit. The reason that the, the, the true uh, volume of interest is often less than what the, you would think it would be if you just looked at the nominal rate. The reason all that's the case is because there's a death benefit on the policy that the company's guaranteeing. And... Uh for, for this particular practitioner I was talking about, he, he really appreciated that. It's like, it, so all of that was very nice to hear. And so to practitioners who watch this, thank you. That, and I thanked all of you, I, I hope I did, I tried to, but I'll say it here too. I appreciate all the very kind words and I'm glad it's all been helpful. Very good, look, I you know enjoy very much meeting uh, new people and new agents and the same, you know, a lot of people, you know, hey, James, I feel like I know you, you know, watch the podcast. Thank you very much. And can I have a photo? And it's like, sure. I love taking photos, especially with the pretty girls. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying uh, there's one gentleman, Tom, that uh, we've had conversations in the past. You know, he's a practitioner. And uh, actually, he was talking to Jules, my sister. And I'm walking by. And Jules says, hey, whoop, come here. So I'm like, hey, Tom. <clears throat> and uh, Tom was telling Julie that uh, when he first heard some comments that I made, he was pretty sure I was dead wrong. I was wrong. All right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, perfect. Educate me. I'm willing. You know, he said, well, you know, you talked about, you know, getting out of debt one time on an episode. And, you know, you made the point or you, you made the statement that, you know, the, the, the debtor that piles up all of that Uber debt didn't do that because they had an Uber amount of discipline. <laughs> that's not where you start getting out of debt. And so he's like, no, I really disagree with that. And so I went and helped the lady. She was full of debt and I helped her. And he said, I quickly learned that you were exactly right because he gets her out of debt, right? The credit card debt or whatever through collateralizing a policy loan. And now what do they do? What's typical without discipline? That goes back up. Now you have two outstanding loans. You have an outstanding loan on the policy. Then you have a big you know, debt on the credit cards again. So he's keys. like, thank you, James. Yeah. You know, you were right. And I'm like, well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. And I'm like, well, what's the other one? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
I don't even remember what the other one was, but, you know, we discussed it on a podcast episode. And he said, I'm pretty sure you're dead wrong. I knew you were wrong. You're just, you're just, you're not right. You know, it's just not right. And, you know, he had an experience with that particular topic, whatever I was talking about. He's like, no, nope, you're right on. And I'm like, thanks for the kind words. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's good to hear that the Banking with Life podcast helps people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's. It's not like you get up early on a Saturday where you're sacrificing still family time and other things, you know, to create, uh, you know, content that'll live forever. Um, and it, so it's good to hear that, you know, people find value out of it. Yeah. You know, so I appreciate you listening. And, um, you know, I get harsh sometimes on agents, but they're not the practitioner agents. You know, they're the agents that are out there that are disparaging or bastardizing Nelson's work promoting the idea that they're experts and gurus in the infinite banking concept and they're they're just dead wrong you know they're just going to delay you um disappoint in my opinion will it be the end of the world not necessarily in every case um you know that just goes all over me and then you know nelson we've talked about it before he used to say all the time you know it's a well uh what is it decentuate the negative right accentuate the positive and avoid Mr. In-Between. Yeah. Right? So, but he had more grace than I did. And I'm still practicing. Yeah. Um, and I miss him. All right. Well, is that it? You got quiet all of a sudden. Must have you hungry? You got, got me thinking go? about Nelson. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, there was a, it was real. You know, some of these uh, speakers, you know, getting... Uh, to their, you know, uh, personal experiences with Nelson. It's, it's hard to talk about Nelson sometimes. Yeah. You know, you're like clicking up there and you're like, what? Yeah. And all that, that whole experience, that, that deep personal connection, that the ongoing discovery of new understanding is all sacrificed to get high cash value as a percentage of premium in year one. Yeah. And that's sad. There's a whole ride people could go on, you know. <laughs> There's a whole journey that people Well, and, could go you know, on. I think that uh and it maybe, you know, we can we can maybe edit this out, you know. Uh but I think you have some really good ideas uh, as far as uh, logistics, you know, flying the Canadian spend some 20 hours flying. Yeah. There, you know, and, and from Alaska or, you know, some of these, you know, far out Dakota, North Dakota, yep. South Dakota, you know, it's a trek getting to Birmingham, Alabama. So, you know, I've encouraged them prior to the pandemic, you know, they should hold and look, I'm just sharing. Hopefully it'll happen in the future that maybe there's a think tank held in the middle of the country, like Fort Worth, and then maybe one on the West Coast, you know, one on maybe yeah. in Florida. And it's so good that you want it to be better. Like we want to keep coming. It's yeah. not a criticism, but yeah, no longer more time between the talks talks are great don't get me wrong uh having one-on-one -on -one time or one-on-four -on -four time with practitioners is also great you know i want to mention too uh factum financial uh led by kyle fuller got to know one of his brothers joe really, oh yeah really cool group yeah. mm -hmm. um doing exact you know we i know i'm familiar with how they do their structures and you know they're doing what nelson taught and uh, just hustling. I'm kind of like impressed, like the, the degree of hustle and grind that they're, that they're into and how they're expanding. That's very cool. Um, so there's, all of that is refreshing and encouraging. And the idea that, you know, an advisor who's not attending, who isn't coming to get that, who isn't coming to, as one practitioner put it, refill their cup each year. You know, I just question what the quality of, and not saying that all of that, you know, that you don't have, you have to come here or you're not going to do a job. It's like, I just kind of, I know the essence of what people here are doing when they go back with their people. And it's like, man, uh, if, if other advisors have an opportunity to be a part of that and they're not doing it, um, well, you know, maybe that, maybe that's an opportunity. Yeah. And I understand some people can't make it for all sorts of, you know, particular reasons at a given year and time, but we have seen a degree of turnover and some of that's okay. And, uh, others, you know, it's not, they're not, they've not left, they're coming back, but you know, had certain circumstances that prevented them from coming. And, 
So it's it's good it's good to see the returning faces. I'm glad it was held in person, um, and I can't wait for next year. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> you know, and mentioning there's other podcasts from these uh, practitioners. You know, there's other podcasts that are up and coming. And, you know, there's people talking about writing books, and and I think that's good. And uh, it's we need that. See, our my opinion, our clients. Our prospective clients and the general public need more of the truth, right? They, we need more uh, to be available. So, all right. I had fun. Me too. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.